You are now listening to the Philly Pod, a Philadelphia sports podcast. What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Philly Pod brought to you guys by thelibertyline.com. I am your host, as always, Victor Williams. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms over at the Philly Pod. Here to talk to you guys about takeaways from the first OTA session in front of reporters that the Eagles held yesterday. A lot of fun stuff in regards to the depth chart, position battle, some of the stuff we talked about on the last pod. The team was able to uh, show some semblance of what they're going to look like in the 2023 season during yesterday's practice session, so very excited to uh, dive into all of that. Joined, as always, by my faithful co-host. You can follow him on social media at Stephen Conrad Jr. He is Stephen Conrad Jr. What's going on, man? We got a hot one today. It's going to be 90s up in here. It's time to bust out the, uh, the three-inch inseams. Time to, what is it? What is it out? Sun's out, Certainly guns out. Or, uh, it's something out, thighs out. What is it? What is it? It's it's. What's the saying? Oh, what's the saying? Shoot. I know what I you mean. What it is. I forget what it is. Wait, that's going to be scorcher. Scorcher. We're getting our first. June 1st came around, and now it's officially the summertime. So they mm. were not running around. How's it going over there, man? Well, you say it's 90-something degrees outside. It feels like it's warmer that warmer than that up here in my studio. So uh, once again, guys, dedication, uh, <laughs> especially during a time where Eagles news isn't all that exciting. But we are so, so, so dedicated to our craft. Every moment Every moment matters on this podcast when we're talking to you guys as you're sitting in your cars listening or maybe wherever else you are. Maybe you're in your, in in your the work gym, office. On their Ooh. walks at work. Mm. You never know. It's skies out, thighs out. I had to look it up. Skies oh, out, thighs yeah. out is what it is. It's funny you mentioned the heat up in the studio because I always turn my air off like when I do this. So like the ventilation isn't blowing into the microphone. So if I dive heat stroke, trying to get you guys some uh, some good hard intel, just know. We stick our necks out for y'all for this podcast. We put our lives on the line for this podcast. But appreciate you guys all the same for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. If you're new to the show, appreciate you guys for giving it a shot, checking it out. Be sure to rate five stars. Leave those reviews. All of them help so much with the exposure of the show. That's been doing really well in the last few months or so. So I appreciate you guys for doing that for us. We got receivers. We got safeties. We got linebacker news. We got a whole bunch of stuff to dive into as far as the OTAs that went down yesterday. Like I said, the only one session that they held this week in front of reporters, they'll have one more next week, and then they're off until July for the training camp. And then you want to talk about the dog days, Stephen. Those are the real dog days. We're going to have to get creative <laughs> with content as far as that goes. But the first, I guess we'll talk about uh, some of the players that were absent uh, during yesterday's practice. Devontae Smith, Lane Johnson, Hassan Reddick, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Derek Barnett, and Josiah Scott among were the uh the absentees from practice but remember that off-season workouts are voluntary so it's not like they were like they they had to like leave and do anything they just weren't here for this particular session i would be shocked if we didn't see some of them next week so those, those are some of the guys that uh didn't participate yesterday uh avante maddox marlon tui pelotu and wide receiver tyree cleveland we're watching from the sidelines due to injury. It looks like Vontae Maddox is still apparently not cleared mm. to, to do any type of workouts on the field. And he got hurt way, was it the Dallas game last year? And he's still wow. having issues getting back on the field. So that's something uh, to monitor as well. So right off the bat, in OTAs, we uh, you know talk a lot about Quez Watkins on the show, not in the, not in the greatest light in the last few episodes. You know, when I listened to it back, 
because I always listen to the episodes back to critique and see what we can, you know, improve on Me as far too. as the next episode. And I was like, again. man, we gotta like lay off Quez a little bit. Like it's it's getting well, it's getting a little redundant to this point. What how we keep talking about Quez Watkins, but with the first team on Thursday, practice got started off with a nice catch from Quez Watkins over the middle of the field from Jalen Hurts. Oh. Hit him uh, over outstretched arms over Darius Slay. Darius Slay was in coverage. Quez made the catch over extended arms from Darius mm. Slay. So very nice connection between the two of them. Quez, uh, you know, looks like he's he's he wasn't lying when he's he's going on this quote unquote revenge tour. So he's the clear wide receiver three right now uh, above Alameda Sakias. He's the one slotted in there as wide receiver three uh, as the summer gets underway. So good things to see from 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 Quez early on. Yeah, sure. OTAs, offseason stuff, practice, superstar, Nelson Aguilar. I mean, sorry, Quez Watkins. Yeah, absolutely. Jalen Rager. Remember that catch? Was that over Slay, too? Oh, man. He was the greatest greatest practice wide receiver I've ever seen in my life. That catch, dude? Oh, my. That was dirty. possible. I mean, that was dirty. I was like, yo, he's back. He's back. That was like something you put in like a Madden trailer to sell a video game. Like the fact you can make a play like that. Like, I was like, when he did that, I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy. I thought we were about to get 1,100 yard like Jalen Rager, like the way he, I was like, he's doing this to slay, dude. He's going to mm. eat corners alive, and then obviously that didn't, uh, that didn't work out. So good seeing from uh, from Quez Watkins. You know, he had a rough mental go of it last year. He was, and we talked about the injury he was dealing with after the Titans game to his shoulders. So uh, we're all hoping for a resurgence from Quez Watkins because he was fairly productive in the first couple of years of his career. Nicobe Dean. We were all expecting to take a monumental leap in his development in year two as he starts to see the field more. He lined up as the starting Mike linebacker, and Nicholas Moreau was at the will. Nicobe Dean actually has the green dot, which is a shocker to me because I thought Moreau was going to be the one to be the signal caller on, on, on defense, considering he did it for Chicago last year and he had experience doing it. But the Eagles are seemingly giving Nicobe Dean the keys. It looks like he's going to be the one calling the shots, getting everybody set on defense, and that is a huge, huge responsibility. For a guy in year two who didn't play a ton of snaps for the defense last year, uh, but he looked apart in seven on sevens. He looked natural. He looked like he knows what he's doing, and I'm intrigued to see how uh, how far that goes in 2023 and how that's going to shape up. Yeah, that is. I know I sit here and joke a lot about how uninspiring some of this stuff is. This time period we're in right now, but that's like huge. The fact that that even exists right now, and obviously he's got a huge long road ahead of him. You know, as as you just mentioned, but. Uh, a very underrated aspect of this team going into this season. Obviously, we want to see if... Is it even possible for Jalen Hurst to take another step, by the way? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> what we'll is see. the next step for Jalen Hurst? <laughs> I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't rule, rule anything out with him. Uh, even wide receiver three, Quez, like how does he bounce back? There's so many storylines going into this season. Um, how does this defensive line look? A bunch of new young pieces. Um, even the secondary, for that matter. The safety spot, which I'm sure we'll touch on. But uh, yeah, Nicobe Dean, can he be, can we finally just have that young developmental linebacker that you feel really good about, you know? And uh, it looks like they're thr- literally throwing him into the fire and letting him essentially have, I guess, do you want to call it the keys to the defense? I mean, that's a big responsibility, man, for a team mm-hmm. that's trying to get back to the Super Bowl. You know, did it in Georgia, though. So, of course, like the, the traits are there and he he's he's a natural fit there. I'm just shocked that it wasn't Nicholas Moreau because, like I said, he did it for a uh, for Chicago. Speaking of Moreau, he spoke afterwards in practice uh, about practicing against Jalen Hurts. And keep in mind that Moreau did practice against Justin Fields last season. Uh, but Moreau did say that he was impressed with how Hurts is able to read the defense. He puts the ball on tight windows and gets rid of it really, uh, really quickly. He says he's a very, very smart player. So for him to recognize that from the first session on the field, you know that what kind of player Jalen Hurts oh, has developed growth. into. 
and yeah, exactly the growth, the, the visible growth at that. Because this time two years ago, we were hearing about underthrows and overthrows, and Jalen Hurts can't throw, and all this and that. And now it's just his accuracy is a uh, is expected at this point, and it's natural and good for that for uh, for uh, Jalen Hurts. Speaking of the quarterbacks, uh, Marcus Mariota had a pretty nice throw to uh, undrafted free agent Joseph Nada, who got paid a lot of money as an undrafted free agent. So I expect him to make this roster. And Ian Book was actually QB3 ahead of Tanner McKee. So this fifth-round mm. quarterback that we took that everybody was shocked. Like, why are we taking this guy who's literally trying to fit a, a, a square peg into a round hole on offense because he doesn't run any RPOs, he's not mobile, and he is uh, right now behind Ian Book at the uh, at QB3. Uh, again, it's the first practice session in, uh, in the summer. This is how things look for now. But I was actually shocked that Ian Book was, was slated in there ahead of Tanner McKee. So um, not much to really write home about for either of those players. Just an interesting development. I will say, though, Marcus Mariota in the Eagles jersey, still kind of surreal. And he looks like, I don't want to say, like, awkward. Like, he's he's a big dude. Like, he's like, but it's almost like 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 Nick Foles-esque, like two left feet kind of kind of situation yeah, he's going not, on. <laughs> I, yeah, I noticed that, too. He's not very, like, fluid. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, not really. He's somebody like that can jerky. move. Jerky is a good word for him. He's very jerky. That's that. That's that's the word I'll use. We had a couple of nice throws yesterday, so uh, good on, uh, good on that. Nolan Smith was uh, was the big talk of the town yesterday, as far as OTAs were concerned. He, I'll tell you this, Stephen. If he, if you had never read scouting reports or anything that scouts were saying, calling him undersized, you certainly wouldn't consider him small. Like looking at him in person, he looks definitely looks bigger than his listed weight of six two, two hundred thirty eight pounds, and. I think the theme with this Eagles team, with especially with A.J. Brown and Rashad Penny after seeing him, uh, everybody's lower body is just, like, huge, like, tree trunks type. Like, Nolan Smith is, like, ridiculously, like, big calves and quads, like, if I can put it like that. <laughs> that dude is that dude is gargantuan. And in drills, now, obviously, um, edge rushers aren't allowed to truly rush the quarterback, but Nolan Smith played virtually almost every single rep of the day. And in every single rep, he was like in full sprint mode for most of it. He was haul ass in sometimes 30 plus yards down the field. And on one rep in particular, he ran downfield to be one of the players stripping at the ball from Dallas Goddard and then got in his face afterwards. So, I mean, oh rookies. Oh, my gosh. Dude, rookies, what is he doing? Uh, rookies. You know, it wasn't like a heated thing. He just, you know, was just, yeah, no, he was just amped up. He was just amped up. Wow. But not too often are rookies getting in the face of proven veterans. So, man, Nolan Smith is going to bring the energy. And I know we say a lot about the dogs and make the jokes about dogs, but he truly is bringing that that that, that dog mentality. And I think Eagles fans are going to fall in love with that energy. He's seemingly already a fan favorite before mm. he's even taken a single snap. But um, his energy and his play style, I think Eagles fans are certainly going to gravitate towards him. Yeah, there's that. And then I don't know if you saw the uh, – well, apparently it was an over-exaggeration, and I forget who it was by, but apparently Jalen Carter broke a, sh- a sled. I heard that. that? I heard that. I don't, I don't boy, think uh, it actually happened, though. Your, your boy, Philly Mike, had, he had Spadaro on his YouTube channel, and he said it. Oh, Spadaro said it. Spadaro said it. And okay. Spadaro, obviously, he works for the team, so he he knows better than anybody. Well, I think he was over-exaggerating. He had, like, later, I saw when I was scrolling through Twitter, said I was I got really excited or whatever. I don't know. Something like that. I guess he over-exaggerated. But nonetheless, I mean, hey, literal dogs on the field. That, I'm more excited... Like at least for the regular season, man. I don't know about you. I'm more excited to just see this defense line up and play. Like I just want to see. I just want to see what they got. Let's see I remember it. after the draft, I was like, I might be more excited to watch this defense over the offense. And this is an offense with Jalen Hurts and DeAndre Swift and AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. Like, and where I'm actually 
intrigued to see how this uh more intrigued to see how this defense is going to be because defense is truly what you know Philadelphia is is is, is built on. Philadelphia loves a, loves a stout, good, dominant defense, and if you can get back to those days, man, Philadelphia Eagles football is going to be even more exciting than it, than, than it has been is when you have when you can uh, have a have a dominant defense. Uh, speaking of the linebackers, Sean Bradley and Davian Taylor, who's apparently still hanging around the team, <laughs> began as the second team linebackers, and uh, Justin Evans and Kayvon Wallace were second-team safeties. The Eagles' first-team safeties on Thursday were Reed Blankenship and Terrell Edmonds. So those are your guys to start with. We mentioned this on the last pod, that that is the expectation. Terrell Edmonds has the most NFL experience. Reed Blankenship has the most experience with the team from his snaps at the end of the year last year. That one's filling in for C.J. Garner-Johnson. So that is the way uh, they rolled with yesterday. And rookie Sidney Brown also ran with the second team. And Brown... Man, that's a guy who you want to talk about a ball hawk, somebody that flies all over the field, especially in seven on sevens. His his sideline to sideline speed is is tremendous to watch. And Terrell Edmonds said that Sidney Brown is a guy that's going to be in this league for a while. And these are these are like like I said, these veterans are noticing these rookies, Jalen Carter, Nolan Swift, Sidney Brown. When you have five plus year veterans coming out and saying these things about this rookie class, you can't help but get excited. And Sidney Brown is is I know we're we're all hype about Nolan and and, and Jalen Carter and all the Georgia Bulldogs, but Sidney Brown is is arguably my favorite prospect from this draft, and I can't wait to see what he can do in 2023. And OTAs seem like a good indication so far that he'll be a, he'll be a good player. Wow, your favorite prospect? He's mine personally, but everybody. I mean, I just like hard hitting safeties personally. Like they're they're more exciting to me than dominant defensive tackles. But that's because my favorite player of all time is Brian Dawkins. So like oh, obviously yeah, we haven't had a player since then. Uh, but the, just oh, the premise of a hard hitting. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not comparing him to anybody. Yeah, not yeah. like they did with Kayvon Wallace and ruined his career. Right? Well, there was <laughs> there he was, was from something Clemson. to be said about the attitude and stuff. That oh, sorry for bringing up an ex, but Chauncey Gardner Johnson. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm just saying. I, I quickly fell in love with him and fell out of love very quickly. Yes. It was a toxic and, and relationship. We'll talk about highs and lows. Yeah, highs, <laughs> of highs and then the lowest of lows. Via Sydney Brown is. It looks like the ball hockey's flying all over the place. He had six picks and seven. Um, passes defended in his final year in college. I stated that last podcast. Uh, so he certainly looks the part in OTAs, and I'm very excited to see how he develops moving forward. Sticking with the secondary, a very strong day from Darius Slay. We stated on the last show that he kind of slowed up at the end of the season, but he showed no signs of that in, in, in OTAs. Again, it's, it is what it is in, uh, in, in practice. But Slay broke up a pass to A.J. Brown on a back shoulder ball and AJ Brown tried his little late hands thing and Slay read that all the way and broke it up. So you can't full Slay on those. Mm. And, um, Slay also got to be tired of practicing, competing against each other. Yeah. I know every, all staring each at AJ tendency. Brown, <laughs> like, man, it's hard to get bitched and thrown around by this guy, but he had his number on that rep. And Slay also broke up an underthrown ball from Jalen hurts to, uh, to Dallas Scotter a little bit later. So uh mid season form at this point for, uh, for, for Darius Slay. So very, mm excited uh to hear that especially when he's a 32 year old cornerback he's going to have to hold up for the entire season you just extended him uh he's going to be here for the next few years and uh father time waits for nobody but these are good Mm. signs that Darius Slay at least in June hasn't showed signs of steep decline as of yet yeah I, I I I'm not gonna lie I really hate to be that person but I obviously love our secondary, but there's there's this worry in the back of my mind about the age of both guys, and I'm just scared that it could lead to age-related wear and tear, as I'm assuming that's what happened to Darius Slay last year, by the way. I'm assuming it was fatigue-related things holding him back. I would assume, right? I don't think it was mental or anything. 
Oh, just um, the wear and tear of the season. When you're playing, you're playing against these yeah. top receivers. He's playing against Justin Jefferson's and, and and those kind of guys. Like it's not easy, and everybody's banged up. Come come the playoffs, and like you said, when you're older, your body doesn't recover as well as you do when you're 24 years old. So mm-hmm. uh, you just have to take extra precautions to uh, take care of your body. And I'm sure Darius Slay, as well as James Bradbear, and some of these other older vets, mid 30s, Brandon Graham's and Fletcher Cox's, are going to make that a priority this season to make sure they're healthy. And try and win the Super Bowl that they rightfully should have won back in uh, in February. Uh, again, with the cornerbacks, we have a bit of a position switch with my guy Zach McPherson. We talked about him a bit uh, a couple of days ago, and he got run with the first team at nickel cornerback with Maddox not practicing on the sideline. Mm. So Zach McPherson, who exclusively has been playing, uh, you know, the outside, he's been the backup outside corner since he's been drafted, but now he's going to get a look. At nickel cornerback. And we know when Josiah Scott had to fill in for Avante Maddox teams, especially Dallas, were keying in on Scott and, uh, you know, exposing him. And he became yeah, the primary that, that target. Rough, he became the primary target on defense. So if the Eagles can find an in-house option to replace him in Zach McPherson and say, you know what, we've had this guy for a couple of years. Our outside corners are set for now. Let's see if we can utilize Zach McPherson, who's been here for a couple of years, get him in the slot and see what we can do. That seems to be uh, the game plan for the he? Eagles thus far. Zach McPherson... Uh, I can tell uh, you, but he, comes, he, he comes from an, he comes from an athletic family. Uh, he has a family full of uh, full of athletes, and I'm just happy he's getting some run because he's been here for a few years, and he's shown signs that he can play, especially in preseason. He's made a few plays. Um, he's five eleven, 191 oh. pounds. So he's primary. He's he's prototypical nickel, you know, nickel size. He has the well, build. Maddox for it. is like five nine, isn't he? Yeah. Yep. Yep. But if, if you can put a, a guy two inches taller, a little bit heavier in the slot, and manage some of these uh, receivers. Uh, I think that's a good. I think that's a good. Uh, good look for the Eagles to try and see if they can use him as a as a nickel guy. Well, that makes me feel better, but that doesn't change the fact that they still need some developmental guys on the outside. I mean, you know, we have someone potentially on the roster. We'll see. We'll see what happens, but it's not definitely anywhere near as definite or set in stone as the defensive line guys that are coming in to eventually replace. You know our franchise guys, Cox and, you know, Brandon Graham. Mm-hmm. They're it worries me, man. I don't know. It just worries me because all it takes is one injury to Slayer Bradbury, and you're like, shit. Like, I they're don't trying know. Out, they're trying out some guys on the outside. James Bradbury, uh, he, he, was, he was practicing, but he didn't participate in 707s. Uh, so the Eagles had Greedy Williams and Josh Job getting snaps with the first team opposite Darius Slay and Keely Ringo. Uh, was working with the second team at outside cornerback. So they certainly have bodies there. Greedy on the outside, Josh Job on the outside, Kelly Ringo getting some run with the second stringers. So uh, so there's a guy, they're going to have Zach McPherson back of nickel, trying to figure that out. And they have Greedy and Josh Job, who was an undrafted guy last year, uh, Alabama guy. And I like Josh Job a lot. He showed me some things in preseason last year uh, as well. So uh, good stuff there. I like, I like, the, I like the potential of some of these corners. I can't call it depth yet because it's not yeah. solidified, but they certainly have – a pool of guys who can play and if they can nail one to two of those guys and and have them become you know uh, consistent starters i think that's good for the uh for the eagles flipping to the offensive side of the ball aj brown somehow if it's even possible got even bigger like that man just what? somehow put on more muscle he just looks even more at least it looks that way i don't know if he truly put on more weight but this man is even more shredded than he was last year uh rashad penny also is bigger than he than than he looks. That guy is mm. is is. I can see why he's so tough to bring down because his upper body is so like so. Uh, I don't I don't I don't even know the word. It's just he's like stocky. He's just a stocky dude, 
and I can see why he's going to be running people over behind this offensive line. And then DeAndre Swift was very quick catching passes out of the backfield. He's caught uh, a, a million passes out of the backfield so far in his career. And uh, it's easy to see why when you watch him in OTAs. He's a natural out of the backfield. They're mm. going to line him up in the slot. They're going to use him all over the place. And that's exciting uh, as well. Well, that's a big wrinkle to have in the offense. I feel like we didn't have that. Well, uh, yeah, they didn't line a lot of guys. They didn't move a lot of guys around. When you have the pass catches that you do, you don't really need to. You like the B. John Robinsons and the Christian McCaffreys and line them up and be the be the all around back and be the the what is it the Swiss Army knife as as, as they call them. <laughs> we don't have a lot of those. But DeAndre Swift is certainly capable of of catching catching passes regardless of the alignment. So very excited to keep an eye on that moving forward. Cam Jurgens was at right guard for the first team, and it seems like the Eagles, for all intents and purposes, are going to give him every opportunity to uh, to win that job. It looks like, I don't want to say it's like his job to lose at this point, but it's very clear that the Eagles want him to be that guy. So uh, he's he's the guy next to Lane Johnson as of right now. What are you thinking about? I see you pondering over there. No, I mean, <laughs> I guess, you know, get him experience, NFL experience, regardless of position, right? I mean, just let him get out there and play at the end of the day, right? I mean, I uh, it was a conversation I feel like we had when we first started these offseason pods, like who's going to win that spot over there at the you know at right guard i mean again it's still early but i guess is that the sense you're getting like that's his position uh so i like i said it's hard to i don't i don't say it's his to lose because that's not giving tyler steen a chance uh but it's very evident that the eagles intend to have cam jerkins be hmm. be that guy and then tyler steen can be the develop developmental guy unless jerkins just looks dreadful in training camp in in july uh but i don't anticipate anticipate that so as of now it looks like jerkins will be the one i guess it's not Johnson. too much of a transition then for uh, Jurgens to just move to center, I, I guess. Right? Apparently not. I mean, Apparently in, in not. But like I said, second round picks don't sit for two seasons that often. So once Jason Kelsey mm. came back and told Jurgens, "Sorry, man, I'm back," and then yeah. I guess the Eagles that's got those, Howie written all over it. Doesn't <laughs> move those plans in motion. Um, DeAndre Swift caught 156 passes so far in three years that he's been in the league. That's a lot of passes for a running back. That's a lot of passes. Uh, but he looks like a natural out of the backfield. Wanted to look that up and see how how wow. many exactly. Yeah, that's a lot. He caught a lot. That's like one hundred fifty six, fifty two balls a year. Yeah. Wow. Some receivers don't even get. That's more than Alamai Zacchaeus mm. had last year. Zacchaeus only caught forty passes last year. That's crazy. That's crazy to think about. So that's that. Uh, punt return. Special teams, our favorite area. Britton Covey <laughs> is still the top returner on the depth chart. Greg Ward, Alamade Zacchaeus, and uh, Quez Watkins are behind him without Devontae Smith practicing. I don't know where he's going to slot into that because the Eagles did use him a lot. You really don't want one of your top receivers to be utilized yeah, on special teams. Weird, it? it wasn't weird. It's that Brent Covey didn't do anything. So sometimes you need a spark, throw a guy who's who's shifty and can get in between defenders and make something happen. But you probably don't want Devontae Smith returning too many punts and risking potential injury. So what's yeah, funny they're, about that? <laughs> I don't know. Just some aspects of this fucking team, man. Just like I'm th- thinking about. See, Ronnie do be trying shit. Like when like Sarah Slave is running around on offense on that we'll one just, play. I'll just that. never forget. I'll never forget this. Well, first of all, let's just rewind a little bit. Like it seemed like <laughs> it seemed like there was a stretch of time last year where Britton Covey, you know, he's out there returning punts, and it just felt like no matter what he did, it, it could be a nice little eight to fifteen yard return. Like, yeah, he's you know, he's picking up yardage and at the end of every punt return. This dude was getting slugged. <laughs> just picked up, picked up and set in the air. And then I'll never forget 
Um, I think I might have came back to the bathroom, whatever game it was, I have no idea. And I'm like on Twitter and uh, I'm scrolling and I see people because sometimes Twitter's ahead of my live broadcast for whatever reason. Sometimes some people are just ahead, like a little bit, not too much. Just some people are a little bit ahead. And somebody's like, yo, Devontae's out there returning this punt. And I'm like, oh God, what are we doing? Like, are we going to get this guy hurt? Like, why Why? Why not A.J. Brown? Wouldn't A.J. Brown be phenomenal? All there? right, all right. Now, I don't know about what? that. You, kinda, you want shifty guys back there. You don't want guys who are just going to be like aj brown's a big target like yeah you know what gonna, aj brown's the type of dude <laughs> to just try and truck everybody and yeah, he's you gonna have a whole pile of guys on top of them on players yeah. like that britain covey was catching like the jbl clothesline from hell on most of those most of those <laughs> <laughs> on most of those returns like he was never just got tackled he was mid yeah, like he would pick up a, they, they got a point where it's like all right it looks like he's starting to get some experience you know under his belt and he'd start picking up more yards and all of a sudden boom he just gets popped it's like damn and the announcers what happens are like, when you're 5'8", 170 pounds. Like, like <laughs> I'm bigger than that. Like, I'm bigger than that. Uh, but hey, he's, he, he's going to be around. He's, he's going to be around. It looks remember like his that TikToks just, or whatever he was doing? TikToks. Remember, he was uh, locked out of the, what was he, like, locked out of the stadium? And he was, like, oh, tailgating with fans and all this God, stuff because no the, the was... security didn't recognize him because they didn't know he was on the team. That's crazy. Oh, my God. That is crazy. That? Remember that Brent I mean, is, is a slot receiver. So maybe he'll, he'll get some looks. Maybe. maybe he's the gadget guy. Yeah, he's yeah. You were speaking last last. Once last my foot stopped about. cramping, for those that didn't tune in, I had a foot cramp of hell right before I made a point in last episode, and I actually had to stop talking. It was so bad. Yeah, maybe we'll get that. that clip out on social media. You guys will have to follow us. Follow mm, the Philly Pop. I don't think anybody's interested in your medical uh, issues as far as <laughs> well, your, that medical, hurts. your medical episodes during uh during uh podcast. Britton Covey returned 33 punts last year for 308 yards averaging 9.3 yards per return which so, ranks uh, you know. i don't know where it ranks but that can't be good 9.3 yards per return is that is that good uh, what's nice. the what's the league average what's the league average for uh uh punt returns now i'm gonna look it up because i really don't know who was leading last year it had to be uh turpin Cavante turpin on on dallas that that guy is pretty good yards per return Britton Covey up, is up there, one, man. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He ninth, ninth. Yeah. Okay. Well, proves me wrong. I guess Britton Covey should, deserves to be the top of the depth chart. The highest was Marcus Jones on New England, DeAndre Carter, Ray Ray McLeod, uh, Desmond King, Cavante Turbin, Dallas. He's fifth. Yeah. So okay, Britton Covey was up there. All right, getting yards. It just doesn't seem like nine yards per return is very much. But I guess uh, when most people are fair catching, <laughs> it does. Uh, makes sense. So good to Brent Covey. He's the, he's the he's the top returner as of now. Says the depth chart. We'll see how all that shakes out uh, in the following months. Another potential uh, position switch we have here: Kyron Johnson, who's normally an edge rusher since he was drafted, got some work at off-ball linebacker. Now we obviously know there's no depth, much depth anyway, as far as off-ball linebackers concerned. We have edge rushers galore: Hassan Reddick, Nolan Smith. We got all these guys. We need some off-ball guys that can kind of <laughs> defend and pass coverage. And Kyron Johnson. Got some work in uh, in that regard. So uh, that guy's still him. around. Yes, he's still around. He's still around. He has no reason not to be. He hasn't shown the team anything to get rid of him. Get rid of him yet. Another guy who may be the uh, the uh, the summer darling, the training camp darling, Christian Ellis, Whoa. a guy uh, I have yeah. my eyes on on the defense because he did make some plays on special teams last year, and I like the way he hits. I like the way he tackles. He made the defensive play of the day yesterday, uh, back into coverage and made a leaping interception on a pass from Marcus Mariota, leaping. Jumped in the air and grabbed that thing. And we need linebackers that can pass, defend the pass. We need somebody that can cover. <laughs> we need somebody that can cover back there because we don't want the dark days of Nathan Gary 
to come back and haunt us. So good to see Christian Ellis uh, making plays. He has he has he has some very intriguing tools, and I'm I'm excited to see uh, what he can do this summer. Uh, the last note I have well, here that beats putting a son Reddick in pass coverage, I suppose. Yeah, right? well, yeah, Gannon. You know, remember when Gannon said um, oh, he would probably have he would probably have 25 sacks if I if I didn't put him back in pass coverage, and I was like, then why do? <laughs> Oh, then why do you, man? What is going on here? Uh, but some people will argue that uh, he didn't do it all that often. I have to look up the stat exactly how many snaps. Uh, but I know it wasn't wasn't as much as Eagles fans made it out to be. We just exaggerate because that's that's the name of the game uh, in this city. Aaron Sipos, the punter battle that we are so excited about. Aaron Sipos has the early edge over Ty Zetner. Had had a little better hang time, and uh, Zetner did shank a couple. So. Uh, uh, it's one job. Might be another year. It's one job. I just don't Might understand. Might be another year of sip ass up in here, man. Well, maybe he needed that to be lit under a fire lit under him. You know, what constitutes like? It's just hard because like, what are you gonna tell in training camp? Like, like it's just punting. Like the whole punter workout is a. Is just oh, punting. is it a good punt or not? I mean, football, yeah. what do you mean? Yeah, I mean that's all it is. It's, you got to measure. I just the don't hang get times. it. How can you? You got to measure the hang times. I don't get how you can shank punts when that's your only job. It goes like, off the I side of your foot. You've done it before. You've done it before. It I'm goes off the punter. side of your foot. Yeah, no, I'm but you go punter. to punt it, and it comes off like it goes off the outside edge of your foot. And it yeah, goes I out understand. Back. I understand how it happens, but, like, I don't understand whatever. Yeah, you don't understand how professional punters who have literally one job at the NFL is just to punt yes. the damn ball. You don't have at to memorize the like playbook. Quarterback, right. There's like so much other stuff <laughs> going on. So it's like, all right, a missed throw. I get it. I get it. You don't got to read a defense. You literally just got to catch. And some people have a hard time catching the ball. And so, who was the who was the guy last year? Was it the uh, the Giants punter in the Eagles game that like dropped the ball, picked it back up, and tried to kick it again? <laughs> oh, Maybe oh it's, my God. I don't know. I guess I don't know. He dropped that shit, picked it up like five yards downfield, and tried to punt that shit again. Man, oh, I don't man. get it. At least like field goal kicking. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot more that goes. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot more pressure that goes into that. That's yeah, sure. that's what I mean. Literally Arnsip points Boss. being decided. Whereas Arnsip punting Boss, is the like position. 25% of the reason why we lost that Super Bowl. So I hope you get it together in Damn. camp. If you're going to beat out Ty Zettner, who was in line to win the nation's best punter award. If you can beat him out, I guess. Who are we Who are we, Who are are we? we to say? Uh, interesting. Other punt news. Uh, remember remember Brett Kern? The guy we signed last year for, for a couple weeks? The longtime Tennessee Titans punter? You probably don't know because you don't care about punters. I mean, <laughs> but he did it, retire. I'm starting he retired the other day. He retired. Oh, wow. <laughs> so good job, Brett Kern, on a good career mm, of punting. He was one of the better ones. He was one of the better ones. Yeah, he was. I guess the competition um, was too much for him here. I know uh, a lot of you guys were wondering how Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis and all those guys looked, but not much to speak of. They practiced like on a far like other side of the field, so there was like nothing you could really see from that uh, angle, and it's hard to kind of tell in, in those drills anyway because you're not allowed to rush the quarterback. So like Nolan Smith being able to like sprint all over the place – and and that that's about as much as edge rushing that we're going to see. <laughs> so not much to write home about as far as uh, the defensive line is concerned. But yeah, Jalen Hurts looking good, looking sharp as as always. But that's to be expected at this point. It doesn't look like his uh, newfound riches has affected his game at all. It looks like he's still <laughs> still. And why taking, would it ever? Why take, would it exactly, ever? still taking business as 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 serious as ever. Quez is on the revenge tour. He's looking good. Nicobe Dean is the new quarterback of the defense, and we got Zach McPherson. New nickel cornerback, Zach McPherson. Can't wait to see how that all uh, shakes out. And Nolan Smith is the energy guy, man. He's going to, I'm telling you, he's going to be a fan favorite. Come week one, you're going to see he he doesn't take a single snap off. Practice, game, it doesn't matter. He's playing like every snap is his last. 
so that's exciting uh as well Stephen, any uh other points you want to you want to hammer home before we uh before we wrap this one up i don't think so i think we covered everything i wanted to um i'm looking anything forward. that caught your caught your caught your attention what was the most shocking development of otas that you heard on the show <laughs> most shocking anything shocking um no, nothing maybe, too surprising i wouldn't say shocking but the mcpherson thing is interesting yeah yeah but it's you're more finding a, a reason to hate on him because you just don't want me and my guy to... Yeah, how about it? He found his way in there, huh? <laughs> found his way in, and it's going to be at nickel. At 5'11", nickel cornerback. I love it. I love it. I love it, personally. I'm I'm just... I, my most shocking thing was that uh, Kobe Dean was given the green dot. I shouldn't be as shocked. I just thought uh, Moreau, with the experience, was was, was going mm. to be uh, handed the keys, at least for another year, and then Kobe Dean would take it next year. Just so much responsibility as a second-year player. I could see if he played a ton last year, but he didn't really. And now he's essentially like running the defense, so so that's that's a lot. That's a lot, and it's a new defensive coordinator. It's a new. It's it, there's a lot of new. There's new linebackers coach. It's a lot going on uh, on that. Eagles if they don't defense. give up on him too quickly if he struggles. You know? Oh no, they won't. They certainly won't. They don't have any other options, so they can't afford to. Yeah, <laughs> so that's true. Yeah, that is true. So uh, so that is that. Appreciate you guys for turning into this episode of the Philly Pod as we uh, got to. Take a couple notes here on OTAs. The next session in front of reporters is next week. We should have a guest on to come on here and talk about that with us as well. So stay on tap for that. Be sure to subscribe to the show, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere else you get your podcasts. Follow me, Victor Williams, on social media over at The Philly Pod. Steven, where can the people find you and engage with you if they want to talk to you for whatever reason? (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, Stephen Conrad Jr. on all platforms, Um, Instagram, TikTok. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is an Eagles pod, but somehow, some way that damn franchise somehow suckered me back in again. Yep, I'm in. I'm hundred percent in. That's it for me. Bring in nurse, bring in Fred Van Vliet. If we can get OG, I'm in. I'm in. I feel like I said that at the end of the last episode too, but I'm in. You get those guys. If you could chip out Tobias and Harden's obviously gone and replace them with Fred and OG. And oh, back. man, I don't know. Oh, the Fred only thing and is that, and the, and the only thing about Nick Nurse is he's like Thibodeau-esque. Like, he runs his players into the ground, doesn't he? Like, he plays them boys 46 minutes a game, and beat, yeah. by, and beat by game 40 is going to be freaking his ACL is going to be hanging on by a thread. Well, like, I don't know it's if time to get in shape, it. man. It's time to get we'll in shape. We'll say I'm very excited to see Tyrese Maxey under Nick Nurse. He wants to, you want to Maxey have the key so bad, Nick Nurse is about to give I him do. the whole house. He's about, to give him the whole, he, he's about to give he, him the whole car lot. The whole dealership yeah. at this point. So you better we'll get it. Hey, Maxie was averaging like 25 a game in games without James Harden last year. Mm-hmm. So that's very exciting. There's anybody that embodies the city of Philadelphia, it's him. Mm, okay. I think it's Joel. What? You don't think so? Oh, on the Sixers? It's yes. not Joel Embiid? Not anymore. Not after I, that Joel's my favorite player, but you know, there's uh, question no. marks. <laughs> question Although he was playing on a torn LCL. Like, are we just going to pretend? Like, I get it. He's hurt every year. Blah, 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 I like blah, how blah, Boston blah. fans are like, oh, Tatum didn't roll his ankle in the beginning oh, of the game. The I'm like, yo, first of all, That's what I'm Embiid saying, played man. the whole series hurt. Now we're making he had an series. identical stat line to Embiid in his game seven when his franchise needed him the most. And Tatum has a way, 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 way better supporting cast. It's funny how, like, one thing, not to, not to dwell on the NBA too much, but it's funny how, like, one game changes, like, an entire narrative. Like, yeah. Like, Miami Heat, like if they lose that game, they're all time like choke artists. But now Boston are the choke yeah. artists, and I'm perfectly fine with that. Although now this NBA final series doesn't look like it's going to be very uh, entertaining. Jokic is about to steamroll through through those boys. Jimmy Butler, 13 points in game one. Mm. What are we doing, man? What are we doing, man? Appreciate you guys for listening to this. We'll catch you guys on the next one. I don't know if it'll be this weekend, probably Monday. We'll do another one Monday. Talk about some linebackers, talk about some uh, players that could be on the trade block. 
I got some players on my mind that could potentially be traded before the season starts. And we'll talk about all that. But until the next one, guys, we'll catch you. Peace out from the Philly Pop. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.